Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Who asked that, Jay? In the sound coming in, I heard a voice ask, now that Calvin Ridley, is susp- if he's suspended for the year, can he bet on the games? Can he bet on the games now? I mean, he's gone for a whole year. Might as well get your money's worth if you like betting. That was James no! actually sent that to our group text, and uh, I think it's uh, no. No. Still in the contract. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell today suspended Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons indefinitely through at least the conclusion of the 2022 season for betting on NFL games in the 2021 season. The activity took place over a five-day stretch during November 2021 when Calvin Ridley was on the non-football injury list while dealing with mental health issues. A league investigation. What did, what did he actually do? Let's get into that. We know you can't bet. It's in the CBA. It's, it's, you know, it's in the, uh, uh, the rules, the NFL rules. You can't bet. Got it. But what did he actually do? A league investigation uncovered no evidence indicating any inside information was used or that any game was compromised in any way, nor was there evidence suggesting any awareness by coaches, staff, teammates, or other players of his betting activity. Doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't exist, but no evidence was uncovered. Now, Key, let me start with you. Your thoughts on the Calvin Ridley situation. Well, I I think, one, let me start off by saying this. Maybe a year is too egregious. Maybe maybe it's a a lesser offense to a degree to some people, but the rules are the rules. Yes, you said it. Max, ah, CBA, uh, you can't bet you can't. Yeah, that's true. So I think for him, he needs to understand that and take it very serious as to why he jeopardized the integrity of the game and why the commissioner in the NFL feel the way that they feel about it. He is not betting with teammates. He is not betting with friends in the NFL. He's betting outside the National Football League with bookies and things of that nature. That is not okay to do. Key, I think this is such a bad look for the league. Um I really do, and it, it crystallized during our conversation. And I, I said I didn't want to go there earlier because there wasn't time for us to truly let it breathe. But when I see a year suspension for a $1,500 parlay, it makes me think, oh, okay, the NFL really values things that affect their bottom line, right? But when you start looking through the rest of the CBA and you start seeing language that states for domestic violence, you receive six-game suspension. When that's in black and white, and I'm sitting there saying, oh, so you suspend a player for a $1,500 parlay while he wasn't playing for a year, but yet for domestic violence, you're suspending him for six games? That sets a really bad precedent for the league. It says that they value their bottom line more than they value human lives of the athletes that are affecting the people in their relationships. Well, see, that's nothing new, though, Jay. The bottom line is always going to drive it for the National Football League. I mean, think about it. When they, whenever anything starts to affect their bottom line, they start to react different. You can go all the way back to the Kaepernick situation when sponsors were talking about pulling out or whatever the case may be. They did something totally different. They about-faced and had to handle a situation a certain way. And then you fast-forward to the point where – the commissioner, Roger Goodell, was uh, summoned to put out a uh, uh, say-their-names video for 
black and brown people that were murdered in the streets because it was going to affect their bottom line because the players were going to react a certain way. So, of course, they're going to do things to protect their dollar. We, yeah. You and I both know that. But, by the way, and not to, let's, not, let's keep this on topic, but I will say just broadly, Jay, since you brought it up, businesses. This is like, you know, there are different thoughts about this. Laissez-faire marketplace. Just let the market decide it'll allocate resources, at least in the short term, very, very efficiently and whatever, right? Then there are people who know we need regulation, government regulation, and a lot of it on business. But the, but, and, and people, across, you know, across that spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Different degrees of, of, in between those two places. Businesses, business generally, is neither a corporation is neither moral nor immoral. They're amoral. It's like, it's like a shark taking a, or a lion taking a bite out of some other animal. It's not a moral issue, right? It's not either immoral or moral, like bad or good. It's just it, it has nothing to do with that. Business, too. Business is concerned, like a shark with eating, with making money. That's, that's the nature of a mm-hmm. business. That's why people think, oh, you need to regulate business because <clears throat> otherwise it just – the NFL is a business. They care about their bottom line. Insofar as the, the strictness of their rules will address things like, like uh, cultural values that we share, like domestic violence is bad, discrimination is bad, things like that, it will, it will do so insofar as it will protect its bottom line. And I think more than rep- reflecting the values of the league, what you see in terms of the severity of the punishments is the league's estimation of how much these issues each affect their bottom line, how seriously they need to address it. Yeah, I mean, but but it's also, Max, and I, I understand the reasoning behind that, but optically when you present different narratives, right? So opt- optically when you're saying we, we do value black head coaches and there are limited spots of black head coaches and you start pushing agendas like that, you're, you're now trying to play both. You're trying to play both sides. Which one is it? Just be one all the time. No. Like, well, stop trying to make me act like you actually care when you don't care. They act like they care insofar as what? They, they think it care. affects yeah. their bottom line. right? Okay. Calvin Ridley tweeted five times after the news came out. And by the way, I'm with you, Key. The rules are the rules, and we need to follow them, right? But I do think that in this case it's important to point out that the integrity of the game that's being protected is actually in the short term the gambling game, the game of gambling because you want to make sure he doesn't have inside information. The, the game itself of football, the integrity here is not directly challenged or compromised, and no one's really been harmed. The re- it, it, they, they're, they're protecting the integrity of the gambling, number one. And number two, they want to, now that everyone's in bed with, with gambling, right, the league is profiting from it, they need to strictly enforce now more than ever the line they draw around the game of football itself so that even if it's like, well, you're making a slippery slope argument with Calvin Ridley. He didn't really do anything that bad. It's that it could lead to someone else doing something bad. And the NFL's like, yeah, 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 we're not dealing with gray area. The gray area is going to be inside the line. Don't hmm. cross into it, right? So, okay, here's his five tweets that came out after the news came out from Calvin Ridley. One, I bet $1,500 total I don't have a gambling problem, okay? Two, I'm willing to believe that. Two, I couldn't even watch football at that point. Three, just going to be more healthy when I come back. Four, I know I was wrong but I'm getting one year, LOL. And five, if you know me, you know my character. Key, the one that's interesting to me is number four, I know I was wrong, but I'm exactly. getting one year. He know, he's being made an example of. <laughs> if he's you know you're wrong, why are you doing it? Well, he know, it, it, he's like, well, I didn't think it was. Listen, 
because he got caught. That's what it is. He got caught. And that's my whole point. You got caught doing this. Let's fast forward to 2022. What if he was actually playing in the game in October and he had a bet and they lost the game, but he had nothing to do with them losing. They just lost and he placed yeah, the bet. Slippery slope argument. Mm-hmm. That you can't do it. Keyshawn J. Will and Axe is presented by Progressive Insurance. One college coach is headed back to the tournament for the first time since coaching a budding superstar in college. He'll take it in anyway. Throws up a circus shot and hit it. Two on four. And Juice Hill attacks that rim. Racers celebrate. They have won an 18th OBC tournament championship. And they're the first team to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt McMahon, Murray State head coach, joins us now. Coach, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's awesome to be here. Appreciate it. What does it mean to have punched your ticket back to the NCAA tournament? Oh, for me, it's a dream come true. I'm I'm one of those uh, kids who grew up skipping school to watch the NCAA tournament. Uh, was was blessed to get to play in the tournament uh, my senior year at App State, and uh, now to get to go back for the third time in five years uh, is a dream come true. I'm just thrilled for our players uh, that they're going to get to experience it. Coach, uh, I'm so curious. You guys have been able to do something phenomenal this year, 18 and 0 in your conference, um, 30 and 2 for the season, 19th in the country. How do you put this year into perspective thus far? I know you still have the tournament left to go, but how do you put this year into perspective? Well, you know how it is, Jay. Well, you're so caught up in the moment, but when you have a couple of days like we do now to sit back and reflect, uh, it's it's really been a dream season. You know, our guys are tough, uh, very unselfish, and they just find ways to win games. And regardless of level. There aren't many teams over the last 40 years who have run the table in the regular season and then carried it on and run the table in the tournament of their league to go on to the NCAA tournament. So uh, it's been a historic year, uh, but we have really good players. Uh, K.J. Williams and Tevin Brown, they, they were started, four-year starters here, three-time first-team all-leaguers. They, they've won game in the NCAA tournament. Devin Brown hit five threes as a freshman, had 19 points. K.J. Williams had 16 points uh, as, as a freshman in the NCAA tournament and a win. Uh, so I think you know having that type of experience has been really good for us. Matt, I'm so curious. You know, every time people say Murray State, you automatically think about John Morant. Has that added pressure on you guys in the program to con- constantly achieve higher levels of success than before? No, I think the opposite. I think it's added uh, excitement, enthusiasm, and passion. Uh, you know, we've gone from – I think the Murray State brand's been pretty recognized for the success over the years. Uh, but it's really become not only a, a national brand but a global brand uh, because one of the best players in the world played here. And you, know, you see those Murray State 12 jerseys every night you turn on NBA games. And uh, so I, I think the ambassador that Jai is for Murray State has done nothing but help elevate the program here on the national level. 
Coach, what is the biggest challenge you face, though, as a coach? As far as getting ready for the tournament? Just, oh, yeah, getting ready for the tournament throughout the season, having Ja, just everything, coaching Ja, everything that you've had to endure since being Murray State's coach. Oh, that coaching him, that was easy. You just stand over there and watch him play and enjoy the show. Uh, that was the easy part. I think the hardest part in coaching today is just building a team. Uh, there's a lot of turnover on rosters each year. Uh, you know, there's certain some players have a circle of people around them that have different expectations uh, than what they need to be. Uh, so that's where we've been so fortunate this year. Uh, you know, we have we have star power. I mean, we have I told you about KJ and Tevin, uh, but we have Juice Hill who's returned Murray State to elite point guard play. He had 36 points, hit eight threes, and a, and a big win at Belmont. Got three guys who have scored over 30 points in a game, four who have gone 20 or more. Uh, but we haven't had to coach egos. We haven't had to deal with any of that. You know, we've been able to build a team of, of talented players who all they care about is winning, and I think that's rare today. What makes John Morant so special? And, you know, I mean, before we even get to um, the MVP of it all, what makes him different? Well, it's a combination of things. I'm, I'm sure, Max, people, it's, you know, you're automatically wowed by the, the freak plays, the athleticism, uh, the explosiveness and all those things. But the guy has unbelievable basketball IQ. I've talked about it for years. This is nothing new to us. He's a culture builder. He makes everyone in your organization better because he's a relentless competitor. He's tough as hell. He loves to win. He wants to make everyone else around him better. So people love playing with him. You know, Jay Will and, and Keyshawn would know better. You know, there's that it factor. They had it as players. It's hard to describe, but he's got the it factor. And that's why he's going to be a, a once-in-a-lifetime player. You, you know what it is, Max, about you, you meet certain people and – Obviously, we meet a lot of people that get drafted in the NFL or the NBA. But, like, there is a competitive drive. And every time I talk to Ja, Matt, it, it, it's always been, so, hey, you guys have a chance to, you have a chance to win the MVP. He's like, I'm focused on winning a championship. I'm like, whoa, you're, in your, you're so early in your career. You're focused on winning a championship. He's like, yeah, because we can this year. Like, he believes everything. He doesn't think about the individual accolades. thinks more about the team's success. Have you met a lot of players that think more – Team first, me second, especially players of that caliber. Oh, those are hard to find, aren't they? Yeah, man. So uh, hard. But when you, when you when you get one, you better cherish them. But you see the impact it has on winning uh, when you have a guy like that, and you know, he certainly had that impact here. Uh, you know, he got here. People forget he was 17 years old when he came on our campus, and we went 54 and 11 in his two years, back to back championships. Uh, one game's in the NCAA tournament. And then he goes to Memphis, and they have one of the three best records in the NBA. And certainly they have good players around them, but you know, they're fun to watch. And we all know this too, Jay. Will. The NBA is a, a multi-billion dollar business. Uh, it's an entertainment business, and he's the most entertaining player in the world to watch. You're going to see something new every night. So he really is the total package uh, when it comes to everything that, that impacts winning. For sure.
the you know rare to have yeah. the most exciting, most entertaining player also have the kind of talent that he does, and then work as though he's the least talented, right? Like that's the that's the MJ Kobe kind of um, formula. <laughs> the, the, a guy who works like and and behaves as though he's the least talented guy, but he's the most talented guy. Rare. Well, he, he respects everybody, but you know he doesn't fear anyone. He's going to walk into every arena in the NBA with a mindset to dominate, and you know his arm sleeve still barely fits. You know, but he's you know, a 180 pound guy who leads the NBA, uh, should say leads the world, and points in the paint. Uh, and it's just it's amazing to watch because he's so fearless. Okay, coach, we got big time names like Giannis. Joel Embiid, who had 43 points last night against the Chicago Bulls. You have Jokic, who had a 30-point triple-double last evening as well. You have John Morant. Uh, you have a lot of players in this. Luka Doncic, who's making a stride late in the season. If you had to pick right now, who is your MVP and why? Come on, come on, Jay. Well, you <laughs> you got to tell me your why. You got to tell me your why, though. <laughs> I mean, they got one of the three best records in the NBA. Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable. So... I mean, look at the number. What is he? Twenty-eight, seven, and six now mm-hmm. uh, on the season. Lead the league in, in points in the paint. Uh, it's a no-brainer. I like that answer. I expected nothing less. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, how about it though, Jay? Well, is this not amazing? Right now in the NBA, two of the three best records: Phoenix Suns, Memphis Grizzlies, and with CP3 out right now. Uh, the two starting point guards on those teams, Cameron Payne, John Morant from Murray State. How how crazy is that? I mean, imagine this, Coach. We have team basketball, right? You have individual stars that believe in team basketball. That's pretty special to watch at the top. Oh, man. But blessed to get to coach those guys. Uh, but, man, looking forward to this NCAA tournament. Yeah. As you know, Jay Will, best best event in the world. When it comes to sports, and uh, we got some some really good players, we're we're taking to the dance. So, really looking forward to it. Well, good luck to you and your team, Coach. Good luck, Coach Matt. Go get it, yeah. Murray State. Thanks so much. Coach. Go Racers. Go Racers. Twenty twenty two Ohio Valley Conference Coach of the Year, three NCAA tournament appearances, and Coach John Morant, of course, at Murray State. JJ Williams is a beast, by the way. I just want to say, state that. How- You've seen Ja grow since he left Murray State and got to the NBA. What, you know, I, we, we had Brandon Bean, the Bills GM, on earlier, and I was talking about how Josh Allen's like a best case scenario for the development of a quarterback. Ja kind of is for the development of a superstar, though he started out pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on Ja's development? So, so much about coming into the league is dependent upon where you get drafted. Right, we, we, we talk about this all the time, unless you're a LeBron James, which that's, that's a rarity, right? That's like a jewel that you never find. Him, Michael Jordan, people on that, that, that rarity factor. Um, and I also got to give a lot of credit to Taylor Jenkins, his head coach. They've, they built a team conducive to the way he plays, up-tempo, get, and the pieces fit around him. Defensive dogs, guys that can space the floor and Bain, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson is a great pickup as well. So, a.k.a. slow-mo. You, you get a lot of players that the pieces fit. And I actually think that their general manager, their head coach, deserve a lot of credit in how they're building around Ja. And, I, 
look, I know this may seem very apparent and easy, but I, I can promise you it doesn't always happen in all professional sports. You get a player like him, and sometimes coaches will say, oh, I want to fit that player into my system. And I think what they've done in Memphis is, oh, we're going to build our system around him. And that's a game changer. Yeah, and by the way, you know, systems recently, I know it's, it seems more frequent, but six foot three primary ball handlers thought was hard to build around that guy, right? But John Morant, boy, one of the best guys to build around in the NBA, if not the best. Russell Westbrook was once thought of as a guy who could potentially be that, but think about that. Ooh, his star has dimmed recently in the eyes of most. He's not the only MVP who's struggling without his counterparts. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Without Anthony Davis, Max keeps saying Russell Westbrook is going to turn on the switch. He hasn't done it yet. I don't know when Max is going <laughs> to give up on that. It's going to probably rely on, you know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and hopefully you get Davis back, um, you know, within the next month here. All the things that everybody said could be the problems for this team have happened. But guess what? The team is way worse than I would have expected. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. And we are joined now once again by Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. Legs, your thoughts on the Lakers losing last, night's, last night and then Russell Westbrook's comments after the game. Yeah, well, first, as far as the loss, I mean, you know, you sit LeBron and you know that's going to be a problem. Uh, regardless, they haven't really found any sort of cohesion all season, and they're, you know, he just needed a night off. I don't think it's a matter of, hey, let's, let's shut him down for the year like I'm hearing people talk about they should do. The guy physically probably couldn't walk after taking 31 shots at 37 years old on Saturday to put that entire team on his back just to give them life that they're still fighting for something here at the end of the year while they wait for AD. So, look, I, ex- I expected them to lose the game, to be honest with you, without LeBron James playing. As far as the comments you're talking about with all of the things going on with his family and the things directed. Westbrook, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's this, first of all, listen, I, I, I've never understood the mentality of any human being to make sports that important to you that you take your level of venom and vitriol and hatred directed at other people the, to the level that you do. For me, I've always looked at those people as lacking genuine purpose in their own lives, lack of meaningful relationships in their own lives, that this now becomes the central focus 
of their existence, their sports team winning a game, an athlete's performance in a particular game. I've never understood it. I can't relate to it. I know it exists out there. Um, and I sympathize with the athletes and their families in any case when they go through something like this. So I understand. It's been a very, very difficult year for Russell Westbrook and his family. It hasn't gone the way he wanted to on the court. He's dealing with this stuff off the court. So now, you know, you want to leave it at the arena. It's hard to do that when you go home and your family is affected by it and your wife is talking to you about things that she has seen and heard and read and you know, what your children may be exposed to. It's very difficult. It just compounds the entire thing. You can't compartmentalize it and leave it there. As much as you want to portray that you can as an athlete, you can't do it when you walk home and now you're having these types of conversations in your own household. Because one thing you should be able to say that's unquestioned about Russell Westbrook, I've been saying it for years, the guy leaves skin on the court. You might not love his judgment, his shot selection. He has a, everything he's got. Inopportune turnovers, right, Jay? Will? All those things are legitimate, but I know this. When you run out of the tunnel and you're standing next to Russell Westbrook, you know for a fact for the next two and a half hours to the next 48 minutes of playing time, that dude is leaving it out there. Jay, Jay, your mic. The mic, a gang with Jay. Key, why don't you you stop cutting Jay's mic? That's not me. That's the people in the control room. Oh, I see. Um, Thank you. So what about what Westbrook – Jay, is your mic working? I'm, I'm no, not, you're still not good. Was my, is my mic okay? Your mic yeah, is you're fine. Good, like, right. you're, but, but look, like, Lex, when you, think about, when you think about the Westbrook situation, yeah. uh, you know, given the fact that it hasn't worked out the way that it, <clears> it's been for him here in L.A., coming home, UCLA, losing her high school, all the promise and the frustration and the fans getting on him and now attacking him and his family – He's going to feel a certain way, right? I mean, he just is. Yeah. yeah. Names, okay, whatever. West Brick, whatever you want to call him. But I think it's deeper than just the last name. He also factors in everything else that's going on around him. Can I ask you the uh, world championship question, Legs? Yeah. How do you fix it? The Lakers? Yes. Man, I mean, looking at where these guys are at their stage of their careers, looking at what they make. Now, it's, it, you can make an easy decision and say, hey, you know what? It wasn't a good fit with Russ. Let's move on from him. Dude's got an option. He can choose it for $47 million. You think he's going to opt out of that at this stage of his career? There's no nope, chance. Not a chance. No chance. So now you say, well, and people can say any player can be traded. Well, I don't know about that. A guy that is such a unique fit to bring into your team, making $47 million at this stage of his career, that's not an easy trade. Unless you just get a flat-out salary dump situation, some team wants to pick him up because they know they're going to get all that money freed up at the end of the season. Yeah, maybe, I guess, next year. This isn't a matter of let's just, let's just move on from these guys. Okay, It doesn't work that way. Anthony Davis is locked up for several more years. LeBron James is going to be a Laker the rest of his career, I believe. So it's really not an easy fix, man. Like I, You can go ahead and tweak all those parts around. The problem is, are those guys – good enough anymore at this stage of their career, no matter who you put around them. So let me transition from one star guard to another because it feels like, you know, when you're in L.A., you get a whole bunch of criticism because we're paying attention to every single game yeah. for Russell Westbrook. But it doesn't feel like there is the same kind of energy towards a Stephen Curry, even though they lost their last 8 of 10, 
And, you know, people say, oh, you know, he's in the MVP conversation, which, like, at the beginning of the year, I thought he was going to have it hands down. But it seems like now, well, they don't have Draymond Green, so that's the missing piece. But why, why do you not think there's the same energy for Stephen Curry as there is for Russell Westbrook? I think part of it is because, number one, I think the Golden State Warriors have so many more cards that haven't been shown yet. I mean, mm-hmm. think about where they are as we sit here today and where they could be six weeks from now, right? Fair. When you get ready for the postseason. You get Clay at some point, hopefully finds his rhythm. Now, look, he, he was out so long. It might not happen until next year where he's consistently good every night. But we all know he's got another 60% to be the old Clay Thompson. Maybe that happens this year in the postseason. But right around a corner, potentially you get a guy like Wiseman thrown into the mix. Now, what will his impact be missing the whole year? I'm not sure. But I do know that kind of length and athletic ability and the way he can run the floor and the way he could do things defensively at the rim, maybe he is a big difference maker this year. Then, obviously, Draymond Green. The glue to the entire thing, the, the brains of the operation, the communicator, the quarterback defensively, the guy that holds people accountable mm. defensively, maybe even more importantly, hasn't even been there. So there's so much more there for the Warriors. People aren't going all in yet on what's wrong with them. And Steph hasn't played great since the first two months of the year. It's not happening because they still think, well, the best is yet to come. Nobody really thinks necessarily that the best for the Lakers with this version of guys is close to good enough when you look at Phoenix, Golden State, and maybe even Memphis. Who knows? That is Tim Legler, ladies and gentlemen. You can see him across all kinds of ESPN platforms, including this just in. He's on yesterday. Excellent show on ESPN, 2 yes, p.m. Eastern. Handsome, handsome host, have you noticed? Deal. We'll get back to the big news of the morning and look ahead to what, hap- what uh, is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers on deadline day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. When will Ben Simmons actually play for the Nets? Ooh, oh, I know when. What's that, What's that, Key? March 26th in Miami. It's like I feel like I'm at a Seder. You know, the age-old question. I'm going with at Orlando. That's two games after. So they play the Philadelphia 76ers. 
and then they play the New York Knicks on the road in Philly. Then they play the New York Knicks at home in Brooklyn. And then I think at Orlando. It's a game that's not on national TV. It's it's Orlando. That's a game you start working him towards playing more. The idea of, of an injury being the reason he's missing the Philly game is is being met with a lot of cynicism on this show at least, if not elsewhere. Um, we know he's not playing on Thursday in Philly. So y'all don't agree March 26th with me? Well, <laughs> March 26th is a good one. Here's the problem. Okay, let, let's go over the schedule first, okay? No, March 26th is a long way away. Yeah, yeah. Like. But, but here, here, here's, here's the – well, first of all, the Nets want enough time to integrate Simmons into the offense, but also to make it sound, at least for him, to make it believable that it's actually injury keeping him out right now, I don't think he can just come back as soon as the Philly game is over, right? The next day, that's too obvious. Do you wait a day? Here's the problem. Sunday versus the Knicks is on ABC. Then you get March 15th at Orlando. Orlando would make a lot of sense. Jay, you offered up Orlando, right? I actually think it's still a little too obvious. But then the Dallas game, March 16th, is on ESPN. March 18th is at Portland. It's not a nationally televised game. It seems to me that that is the best return so, date for Simmons. So you think he's just running from national TV? I think he's running from – look, Ben Simmons, if you're listening, I apologize in advance because I don't know this. I'm speculating. I think the pressure of coming back is a lot, and you want to do that the right way. That's I think I you think. do that the right way, Key, by the more reps you get, not in the public eye, even though his, that game will be – it will go viral. Plays from that game will go viral because that's how we are in the social media age. But you still, you don't want to do it on a national scene where it becomes huge your first game. Just we're gonna get work out all the little issues that you have earlier in those non televised games. Right, yeah, might, uh, man. You, I wouldn't be shocked if he played it. I wouldn't be shocked if he played at home against the Knicks, though. Maybe I really wouldn't be shocked. Maybe I mean they're gonna. Although the Knicks are starting to play a little better now. RJ and Randall are starting to At play home, a little bit. Barclays, get a fan. So I, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Battle of New York, not an unbeatable team, not Philadelphia. You might be right. It could be the Knicks. Could be. I don't know. I think it's too obvious. You can't come back the day, the after, day after Philly. The man might barely be hurt. Right. We got Aaron Rodgers stuff coming up. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. It was an eventful week around the Packers. Not the highest paid player by a little, by a wide margin. He doesn't want to just be at the top by a few million. It's got to be significant. General Manager Brian Gutekunst tells us that he doesn't want to trade Aaron Rodgers, and if Rodgers plays in 2022, he wants it to be here. I would start with his legacy. You play at Lambeau Field, but guess what? That's going to be located at Rodgers Boulevard, and we're going to do everything within reason and then some for you to retire, and retire as an all-time great. Keyshawn, Jay Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Do you think we get a decision today on Aaron Rodgers? It is, after all, Tuesday. Maybe he's on Pat McAfee's show. It's franchise tag deadline day. Free agency is a week away, so it would be helpful for the Packers to know what he is doing. Key, what do you think? It would be helpful. Right, but I don't think that they have to. So okay, here, here, okay. So here's the deal: they could tag Devontae Adams today, and Aaron Rodgers can wait till the fifteenth to do anything, or the sixteenth to do anything. He can literally wait, 
and then they can untag Devontae Adams if they decide that Aaron Rodgers tells them that he's going to go somewhere else because they want to start all over again and they don't want to pay Devontae Adams that type of money to play with Jordan Love or whoever else. So it, it's not like it has to happen today. You can tag, untag. Wow. Yeah, they could tag him and untag him. It should happen soon, though. And I wonder, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about what it would take for, say, Denver to get Aaron Rodgers. And then how do they get Devontae Adams? Evan suggested during the break, our producer, suggested, you know, what if they don't, they, they untag Devontae or whatever. They, they basically let Devontae walk because yeah, now they, yeah. they want to get under the cap. And now Devontae is just free to sign with another team. But see, that would be, that would be silly to do that because you could trade Devontae. Yeah, but not and, to the Broncos. They wouldn't have enough to be able to get yeah, both guys. Yeah, that's okay. Right? I don't need to trade him to the Broncos. But, I could trade him somewhere else. So, so what we're getting at here, it seems to me, is a strategy for the Packers. If you're good at Kunst, you have to – the deterrent to Rodgers leaving, if he really cares about playing with Devontae Adams, is our plan for Devontae Adams is to move forward with him one way or another. We're going to tag him and then try to figure out a deal to keep him in Green Bay. Or tag him, better yet, and, and he'll just play on the tag this year. We could always tag him again next year. Because that way, if Rodgers is trying to get his man paid, it ain't going to happen. Or it, it also applies and, pressure. Man, like, I'm hey, Rogers, not playing you get on your no man, tag. You want to get your man paid? Like, right. come back home. Then you got to come we'll back home. Then we'll remove the tag. Then we'll pay him. Not to mention, if you think you're taking Devontae to the Broncos with you, Ain't going to happen. They would have to trade for him. And once they're done trading for you, it would leave them with no team for you to play on, right? So there are things. If that, if Devontae figures into Aaron Rodgers' plans, then it it's behooves the, the Packers to play hardball on Devontae to incentivize Rodgers to stay, right? Yeah, but then you're going to have a mad receiver, and you don't want a mad receiver. Not one, no, but then once Rodgers stays, you can work out a deal with, with Devontae. And you yeah, but you Devontae. need to work out that deal before free agency starts, and that's on the sixteenth. So, be, and the reason you want to make out, um, the reason you want to work out the deal beforehand is because the market will dry up. Other people, they can't wait on the Packers. Other teams can't wait on the Packers to make a decision when there's other receivers that's out there. Amari Cooper's out there now. And then, then you got other guys that are potentially Landry will potentially be out there. And in the end. You may elect to go with one of those guys because you don't know what's happening with Devontae Adams, and now there's no money out there. So really, like when Mike Tannenbaum was talking about Rodgers being selfish, this extends not only to the Packers' plans going forward, but it can affect his teammates. That's why I think, Key, if he does care about his teammates, and I imagine he does, then he's got to do this sooner than later, right? Yeah, that's why I said, if, if follow me here, though, Max. They tagged Devontae today, right? Mm-hmm. The eve of the eve of free agency is I think that tampering rule starts on Monday. You could start toying around with people, I guess, on Monday or whatever. Right. He can now go to them and say, I'm in or I'm out. Let's assume he says I'm out. And then they say, Well, if you're out, we'll do what we need to do to get rid of you. And we're not going to keep Devontae because it doesn't do us any good. We'd just rather reboot this thing and start all over. And now they let Devontae walk off into the world and go get his money. Or Aaron Rodgers makes a decision to come back. And he gets his deal done. Devontae gets his deal done. 
and everybody's happy and they ride off into the sunset. A yeah. one-year deal is not going to help the situation in Green Bay. He has to only sign a long-term deal. Right, but, Jay, it does seem that it has to ha- – like, Rodgers, how much longer – like a week ago we were saying about a week from now. Well, that's now. <laughs> like, it's got to be in the next now. How far can this extend? Another couple days? Look, I, I heavily yeah. rely yeah. upon Key when it comes to the details of free agency and you, you talk a about days. all these cap issues and you talk about – I mean – I man, do, I do days, want to remind man. people, Key, that Aaron Rodgers did tell people earlier in the year, this is a beautiful mystery. And it feels like this is almost like a drama. Is you following it, right? I, that's what I'm saying. He has everybody along this little seed trail. And we're just following the crumbs. Following the breadcrumbs. Every Key, day. Yes, you're like Max. So like, like Joe Burrow. You're like Justin Key. Herbert. You're eating the cheese too, Key. Well, this is how we're making a living right now. Key, let me ask you no, this. Do you I, think I am a little bit. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Guilty. I Key, am a little bit. Let me ask you something. Do you think that Rodgers has already made up his mind and he they're working out stuff behind the scenes one way or another? Or do you think he's still in the decision making? Not that this is knowable, but what do you suspect? Is is he has is he my, still in the process? His mind, was made, his, man, his mind was made up months ago. About what he wanted to do. Exactly. So this mind, is about he, what we now? just don't know. He just chilling. He he just chilling. You don't make up your mind at the eleventh hour on a decision like this. This decision was made months ago, man. About what he wanted to do. He, and what's the we point just in waiting? Don't know. Right. So is the point in waiting to string everyone along because he wants attention? That's the narrative, right? Yeah, or do you think not, it's not in a rush, man? Well, I want to relax. Or is he getting all the ducks in the row? You know, dotting the eyes, crossing yeah, but, the t's. You know how that's all, all the ducks but in the row. You, you know how that all is. All the ducks if, in the row. If I want to, if I if I already know my decision, and I want to relax, then those two things equate to stress for the organization and for this entire yeah, hysteria no, no that's stress around on me. It. Yeah, no stress See, on you, about it, Max. stress on everybody else. Think about it, Max, in your life, when, when you had to make decisions mm-hmm. and you didn't make the decision and you just let it linger out there, imagine how stressful you were. You know, you can finally see your jaw lines again because you're losing weight. Your, your beard's <laughs> growing more, you know, all of those white. sort of things. White. But when you make, what did you say? It's growing white. My beard's getting whiter, you're saying. Yeah. So you can see your jawline again. Well, that's well, when you start losing weight, when yeah. you can start seeing the jaw structure. <laughs> Are you and, implying and, that Max needs to lose weight? Well, I, that, I'm implying No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking it. about yes. me. I, I need to lose weight. I need to start seeing my jawline some more. <laughs> you see, you see that? Key, you see those, those Keyshawn those, Johnson Those rookie, high cheekbones. Yeah, the rookie Keyshawn. Uh, you got to bring yeah. back the thin mustache, too? Yeah, all that, the very thin mustache, <laughs> Billy D. Williams like. So <laughs> when you think about it, though, when you get that stress over with because you made the decision internally in your mind what you want to do, you now can go to Hawaii. You can go do a wedding. You can just chill and relax because yeah. you've already made your decision. You don't have to think about it and sit up all night long looking at the ceiling. And I think that's where Aaron Rodgers is. We just don't know yet. That's all. I've mentioned this before on the show. Chris Canty crystallized my thinking about this because I was kind of dancing around this. But, it, well, Rodgers wants this. Rodgers wants that. I think Canty's theory was, and I agree, I subscribe to it. Rodgers saw the way it ended with Brett Favre in Green Bay, where Green Bay was the ones making the decision. Key, you've brought up, well, Rodgers had one, I mean, Favre had one foot in, one foot out. He's messing with him. But the bottom line was, in the end, Green Bay was the deciding one. And that's who determined the end of Brett Favre's Green Bay career. 
And Rodgers, when he saw the writing on the wall, they draft Jordan Love instead of getting him help, all this stuff, he's like, you know what? You're only going to do me like that. I will be the decider of the end of my Green Bay career one way or another. I think that's what this is about. It's, so essentially Aaron Rodgers is driving the car. Yeah. And the Green Bay Packers are the kids in the background like, where are we going? And so are we. There you go. Yeah. We're all yeah, the kids I'm riding, in the back. I'm riding shotgun on Max. You're, you're a shotgun next to Aaron? I think Devontae yeah, might be shotgun. shotgun. <laughs> I think Devontae might be shotgun. Like, Yeah, I really can't help Aaron Rodgers these days. All right. Well, listen. What a show. We laughed. We cried. Well, we laughed at least. We let's go lay some cry. bets. Molly's here getting ready to do first takes. Hey, let's lay some bets on who comes back tomorrow for the show. You want to get in the parlay tonight, Key? Let's go lay some bets on how great the show will be tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, hit a parlay. 15 hunch. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Greeny is next. We are back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.